Hello, and welcome to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Uh, Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan, and is led by Pastor Daniel White. Uh, Today we're going to be joining Pastor White as he continues his series on the family. So let's get out our Bibles and get ready to join Pastor White as he teaches us about God's plan for home and the family. All right, let's take our Bible tonight and turn back to Genesis, back to the beginning, God's original design for the family. That's what we've been studying here on Wednesday nights. Our Wednesday nights, for some reason, seem to get broken up quite a bit, and we don't keep that continuity. But a couple weeks ago, we were looking at the needs of the wife and how we as husbands can meet our wives' needs. Now it's your lady's turn. Now, you may be here tonight and say, you know what, I'm not married, I don't have a husband. These principles that you're going to learn tonight can be applied in many, many ways to relationships in our life. So there will be something here for you tonight. The Bible said if we come asking for bread, he's not going to give us what? Not going to give us a stone. We ask for meat, he's not going to give us a, a serpent, okay? So God has something here for all of us tonight. Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. Verse 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him, what? A helpmeet for him. And then over in the next chapter, even after the fall, God says to Adam and Eve, And thy desire shall be to thy husband and he shall rule over thee. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, pray your blessing upon these principles tonight as we delve into the needs that husbands have and how that God has designed the wife to be his helpmeet and to meet those needs in his life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, the Bible says that men are to dwell with their wives according to knowledge. So where to figure out our wives and how we can best meet their needs? Well, wives, you are your husband's helpmeet. And so you need to figure him out and what his particular needs are so that you can meet his needs. Now, think about this. In a relationship, if you're doing your best to meet his needs and he's doing his best to meet your needs, are you going to have a good marriage? That's pretty obvious, isn't it? I mean, that's as basic as it gets right there. So think about this. When couples come into us and they're having real marriage issues, what does the issue really boil down to? He's not meeting her needs and she's not meeting his needs. All right? The two basic needs that every husband has is to feel reverence and respected by his wife. And the greatest need that a wife has is to feel cherished by her husband. But there's a lot of other needs uh, that we have. And so I really believe the Lord used this in our last session, because some of the men came to me and said how the Lord, actually we had one gentleman gave his testimony about how the Lord used that to speak into his life. And I know all of us as men feel we could do better in this area. And so let's just get into this tonight. I'm going to have to look around for some reason. They can't get the projector going on the back wall, so I'll have my back to you a little bit tonight. So how to treat your husband like a man. Every husband wants to feel like a what? 
like a man. You want to know why? Because men have big egos. All right? I'll tell you that if you haven't figured that out already. But we need our wives to make us feel manly. All right? So tonight we're going to teach you wives how you can fill that ego that your husband has, that great big ego, and how you can make him feel like a man. How a wife destroys her husband's manliness. So how can you undermine that need that your husband has is to really feel like a man, like the head of the home, like the leader that God would have him to be? Well, let's talk about how this can be undermined. First of all, is by expecting him to know what kind of protection that you need. Now, the Bible teaches us that the wife is the, is the weaker vessel. And so she has needs that uh, we have to meet. And so we talked about that in our last session. But ladies, you need to inform us. You, you need to let us know. Yes, I know we're to dwell with you according to knowledge, but you got to help us figure you out. You need to let us know what areas that you really need protection in. Maybe it's an area of physical. Maybe you have a physical weakness and you say, honey, I just can't do this. All right. Maybe you're dealing with an illness like my wife is dealing with, and we've had to kind of pull her back from a lot of responsibilities because physically she just can't do it anymore. Sometimes husbands expect too much of their wives, and the wives just really need to sit them down and say, Honey, I would love to do this, but I just can't do this any longer, especially as you begin to age. And so let your husband know, and you can do this in a very gracious way. And we'll, we'll talk about how to appeal to your husband here tonight. Maybe emotionally. Maybe there's emotional issues that are going on. Have you ever noticed ladies are pretty emotional? You haven't noticed that, Phil? Hmm. Boy, are you ever brain dead. Lisa was drinking some water back there, and, and it, says, it says smart water on it. And I said, man, I, I need to have some of that. I need to be, I need to be drinking that stuff. And Phil comes up, he said, you couldn't drink enough of it. I said, can you believe I put up with that guy for over 30 years? Women are emotional creatures. God made them that way. All right? But you need to let us know, just, honey, emotionally, I, I'm just, I'm melting down, okay? I just, I just can't do this. I need you to protect me in that area. Another one is spiritual. Okay, honey, I'm really struggling spiritually. Can you help me in this area? Let your husband know that, all right? Don't just expect him, oh, he knows I have physical needs, he knows I have emotional needs, he knows I have spiritual needs. I just expect him to meet, you'll, you'll turn bitter toward him unless you give him uh, that information that he needs. <clears throat> now, I put this one up here not to say that women are mentally inferior, they're not. I think they're kind of a notch above us, all right? But even that you're, you're dealing with mental issues, okay? You're struggling with this thing mentally. Um, ladies, you do go, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at some of you ladies here, and I know you've gone through some mental issues, okay? And so you need to let your husband know, I'm, honey, I'm even struggling mentally here. So things are breaking down. For example, if you're driving your car and it's, knocking and it's smoking and it's making all kinds of noise ladies you're going to come in and you're going to tell your husband hey the car's doing this or the car's doing that could you give the car some attention right that's what you do well do that same thing for yourself okay 
let him know things are kind of breaking down and I need some help and I need some protection in this area. Just don't expect that he's going to know that. So tell him how he can protect you. I think a lot of ladies just think, well, he, he, he just should know. Okay? We are not omniscient. Okay? Are you there? We're not omniscient. All right, let's go to the next one here. Is being financially independent. Once you're married, it should not be my money, your money. It should be what? It should be our money. Okay? We should have joint bank accounts, not separate bank accounts. All right? It's our money. <clears throat> I think we've raised a generation of young ladies uh, who believe that they can just be independent of their husbands. All right? Can I tell you something? That's not how God designed the family to work. We have interdependency upon each other. So it's no longer mine, it's ours. Love is killed by self-sufficiency. And you will see this all the time. We're actually going to talk here a little bit later about a woman going out to work. I have watched over the years as women have gone out to work and they start, it's my money, it's my job, it's, and they start having an independent spirit and many times the family is broken up over that. So we'll get to that here in just a little bit. Whoever controls the money usually controls the home. It is very typical for the wife to be the one who controls the money in the home. She writes the checks, she pays the bills, she has all that pressure and responsibility that has come upon her and I would say most, most households are run by the woman, and especially in this area of the finances. This is what I believe. When the fall happened, I believe man's loving leadership was corrupted and woman's loving submission was corrupted. That's why in chapter 3, after the fall, he has to say to Eve, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, because now that's all corrupted, see? Thy desires shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And one of the areas in which the husband, I believe, should take the leadership in is in the area of the finances. Now, ladies, maybe you have to teach him how to do it. My wife had to teach me how to, how to take care of the finances. I didn't even know how to write a check when we got married. My wife worked as a teller in a bank, so it just was logical that she should take care of you know, all the bills. But then she had all that pressure upon her. And uh, matter of fact, she's back there tonight. Honey, was that a good decision to turn the money over to me? Say it so everyone hear you. Okay, good. <laughs> Whew, I was hoping she was going to say yes right there. <laughs> so when the, when the wife is the one that's doling out the money, do you think she's the one that's in control? back over to the husband. And here's where we want to talk about the woman working outside the home. We have a lot of um, pressure upon women to work outside the home, and they feel they have to do that financially. There's just some things I want you to consider. I'm not here to say a woman should never work outside the home. Okay, That's something that each an individual family has to deal with and has to think about. But the Bible does say that the woman is to be a keeper at home. If at all possible, and I think in almost 
every case it is possible. Some things have to be changed. Some budgeting has to go into effect. And you've got to learn how to handle finances. But I think in most cases, we can keep the mom home. Okay? If dad's out working, we can keep the mom home. Now, <clears throat> some things I want you to consider about being a keeper at home and not sending the wife out to work is that when a woman goes out to work, one of the things that seldom is considered is the extra expense that is involved in sending her out to work. And so here are just some things that uh, I thought about is child care. Child care is horrendously expensive. So I want you to think about that before you before you say, you know what, this is going to help us financially if I send mom outside, think about the cost of child care. Another one, think about the cost of eating out because mom can't be home and fix the meals and, you know, it's just easier to go out and eat tonight. Can I tell you something? As I sit down with people and help them get on a budget, it is amazing how much money people spend eating out. I mean, it is nothing to drop $25, $35, $45 or more in going out to eat. You do that two or three times a week, you've killed your budget, all right? Where mom could be home and she could be preparing good, healthy meals at low cost. So I, I just want you to think about this, especially you young people here, you know, that aren't married yet, your future, just, just, just think about this. Next is the extra cost of transportation. Do you really realize how much it costs to have a car, put gas in a car, Maintenance a car, insurance on a car. It's a lot of hidden costs there that you don't consider in transportation of getting the woman back and forth to work. You got child care, you got eating out, you have uh, transportation costs. Then, then you have, you know, you're rushed shopping and you're just throwing stuff into a cart because you haven't had the time to make a menu and plan a meal. And, you know, I know, listen, this is crazy. But I actually know of families who shop every evening on the way home. Because they don't have time to plan a meal and to go out and shop and do it. So they're just grabbing. Can you imagine going into a store and just... Have you ever heard, don't go into a store when you're hungry? That's why my wife never takes me shopping. <laughs> How many more things you're throwing into that cart? Okay. I, please, just think about all this. Before you say, well, let's just send mom out. Okay. Think about all the extra clothes and the other items that are needed. The wardrobe. Okay, that's needed. Think about the extra taxes. You ever notice the more money you make, the more you get taxed? Then there's uh, lunch. What are you going to do for lunch, ladies? Are you going to Occasionally go out with the other ladies from the office for lunch. And then the big old miscellaneous, the miscellaneous file, right? Just, just stop and th I'm sure some of your minds are going right now to a lot of things I haven't even put up there. But besides all of that, 
the wonderful security that there is for a child to know mom's home. I've told you this before. When I was a teenager and I'd come home from school, and I'm talking 17, 18 years old. Okay, I'm a young man now. But when I come home from school and throw open that door, you know what the first words were out of my mouth? Hey, Mom! And there was just something about it for her, to, and she was usually in the kitchen. Hey, Mom! I'm in here, Dan. My next words out of my mouth were, What's to eat? <laughs> hey, Mom, what's to eat? I'll never forget those times coming home. My mom baked fresh baked bread. And she made these buns, and then she'd take the stick of butter and rub it all over. Oh, let's quit church and go home right now. <laughs> but that aroma would just, I mean, you open the door and, oh, great memories. I couldn't imagine coming home and saying, hey, Mom, but there's no Mom home. Just a thought, Okay. Her children will rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but the woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be what? Listen, do your best to keep mom where she needs to be, and that's a keeper at home. Number three, way that you can damage the manliness of your man is by greater loyalty and respect for others than you do for him. Again, what is the number one greatest need of a man? To feel respected, okay? Especially by his wife. So when you give greater loyalty to your friends, or greater respect to your friends than you do your husband, that's going to damage a relationship. To your family. You ever heard the leave and... I guess you haven't heard that one, right? You ready? Leave and leave. You leave father and mother. You cleave to your wife. Cleave to your husband. Okay? Friends, family, co-workers. More loyal to your co-workers? Maybe your boss. Maybe church leaders. Other men. Can you see how that this will damage a marriage when a man feels displaced? Remember, I told you, men have a big ego. And there's a lot of men, I'm telling you, there's, you wouldn't think this, but there's a lot of men that struggle with self-worth. And when that is not being met by the wife, there's going to be a breakdown in the marriage. So bring your needs and bring your questions. Bring them to your husband, okay? Give him your heart. Don't give it to any of these others that are up there. So show him greater loyalty and respect than anyone else. Number four is resisting his decisions. Resisting his decisions. A wife's spirit can control her husband's ambitions. If you're always shutting him down, if he has vision, if he has purpose, if he has goals that he wants to accomplish, and you're always shutting him down, you're always ragging on him and, and just knocking him down, knocking him down, knocking him down, and not being his helpmate and building him up, maybe you have cautions. We'll talk about that later. 
it's wonderful. My wife has a lot of cautions, okay? But it's the way that you bring those to your husband in a very respectful way, maybe even in a biblical way, making a biblical appeal to your husband, not just saying, that's stupid, we're not doing that, I'm not going there. This ain't happening. All right? What we're really dealing with here is the attitude, is the spirit. Because guess what? You're not always going to agree in a relationship. Okay? Even though I'm almost always right, we're not always in agreement. And my wife has to appeal to me. She has really learned how to appeal to me. Here, here's, here's my wife. If she like, doesn't like something, honey, you know, I've been praying about this. Here it comes. And I, th- I don't know if I'm right or not. I'm probably not. But if you'd, you know, if you'd just take this before the Lord. (laughs) She drives me crazy. (laughs) Your spirit, your attitude towards your husband. Sometimes you'll, you know, you'll talk to your husband in a way you would never talk to any other person and vice versa. But just that attitude can destroy your husband's self-worth. A wife's spirit can damage her husband's decisions. Do you believe that God will lead you through your husband? Two two ladies nodded their head there. (laughs) So you need to learn how to lovingly and wisely appeal to him. Not that you're always going to agree. But God is going to lead. Your husband is the head of the home. Matter of fact, the Bible says he is the head of the wife. Did you hear that, ladies? He is the head of the wife. Last I knew, the head pretty much tells the body what to do. All right? Number five, way you can destroy his manliness is by resisting his physical affection. A lot of women will use this as a weapon. They'll use it as a tool uh, just to let their husbands know how displeased they are with what he's doing or a decision that he has made or how she's being treated or just the fact that there's just disagreement here. She'll use this. This crushes a man's spirit. It creates deep resentment and bitterness. And this is, it also opens a husband to great temptation. You know what the Bible says? Defraud not one another. We got that? The man is not to defraud the woman. The woman's not to defraud the man. They're to meet each other's needs in this area. Number six is taking matters into your own hands. Taking matters into your own hands. Going above the authority that your husband has and making a decision because you feel here, here's ladies I'm going to give you a little secret here you, you know why there's this resistance and this unwillingness to submit and yield and follow you know why this is it you don't want to suffer and you think if I let my husband make that decision I can see some really bad ramifications coming and so I'm going to step in 
and I'm going to circumvent my husband, and I'm going to make the decision because I don't want to suffer. Listen, that's going to boomerang on you. Let me keep going. I'll explain this. When a wife intrudes into her husband's area of responsibility, her husband often says, fine. You want to run the house? You want to make the decisions? Go ahead. And he just kind of backs off of his responsibilities and piles everything on her. And then she really gets bitter. Next, a, my, a wife may avoid temporary consequences. Yeah, you may have circumvented that decision and stopped something bad from happening. But remember, what we sow, we what? It may and probably will come back to you in a much worse way uh, in the future. So don't become your husband's conscience. You are not his Holy Spirit. Pray for him, lovingly appeal to him, but don't try to be your husband's conscience, please. Give him room to fail. Is every man going to fail? Yeah. Is every wife going to fail? Is every child going to fail? Are we all failures? That goes back to Sunday's message, right? Remember when I asked you how many of you have ever failed? Every single hand went up? We're just a bunch of failures. But you know what we learn from our failures? Isn't that what we learn Sunday? We learn from our failures. And so give him room to fail. Don't rub his face in it after he does. Remain supportive. Honey, it's okay. We all, we all make mistakes. I know it cost us $100,000, but it's all right. We'll, we'll make it up. Wisely appeal what you think are a wrong decision. And do it like my If you want to know how to make an appeal, ladies, talk to my wife. Okay? She is really a master at, at it. Okay? Let's go to the next principle we're going to look at tonight. Is a husband needs a wife who will accept him as her God-given leader. Every leader is motivated by a follower. Believe that his leadership comes from God. Right? God brought him into your life, and God put him in that role of being your leader and you being his helpmate. Reassure him that his authority comes from God. I recognize that your authority over me, honey, comes directly from the Lord. So, what does the Bible say? You're to submit to your husband as you would submit to who? What? As you would submit to the Lord. Okay? So, submit to his leadership. Don't balk at it. Don't fight it. Express to your husband that God will lead you through him. See, what you do by, what you do by doing that is you're putting the pressure on him. Okay? Honey, I know your authority comes from God. I know God's going to lead my life through you. I am trusting you, okay, to lead me and to guide me. Show confidence that God is working through him. Again, we're bolstering his self-worth, his self-image. We're giving him that reverence and respect. 
God works through a man's decisions, whether they be good or bad, right or wrong. We know that all things, even wrong decisions that we make, can work together for good, right? Bad decisions will cause that man to realize, you know what, next time maybe I better listen to my wife. But if you beat him down over that wrong decision, do you think he's going to listen to you next time? Yes or no? Here she comes again. (sighs) Demonstrate loyalty when he does make a mistake. The more a wife shows confidence and trust in her husband, the more careful, I believe, he will be in making decisions that will affect the family. Number six is praise him for godly character, righteous standards, and biblical convictions. If you have a man that has some of these, you're a blessed woman. Okay? And if you have a man that needs to have a few more of these, encourage him and praise him for the ones that he has. And he will be more, more motivated to develop more standards and convictions in his life. <clears throat> Encourage him not to give up on his God-given goals. They truly are God-given goals. You can see that. Encourage him in that area. Express enthusiasm for his achievements. I think it was a great job. It was wonderful. Man, you knocked that one out of the park, honey. What's going on here, guys? If you guys are up there playing on that thing, I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> Two of them are hanging out. You know, they're hanging out. You can't see them out there, but they're, they're hanging out there, and they're trying to get their projector going, and I'm like, going to Why can't you do that before church starts, right? Yeah. Rejecting his achievements is perceived as rejection of him. Man, he gets an award, you're all over that thing. Do children like praise? Do you like praise? Yeah, tremendous motivation there. Next one is share his excitement. Be his cheerleader. Okay, ladies? Really, seriously. Your husband wants you to be... Now, he's not going to tell you that. He's not going to say, Honey, would you go get some (laughs) pom-poms? Charlotte, i got to get you some pom-poms. I mean, i got to see up there. Now, honestly, we would never say that. But in our heart, we want our wives to be our cheerleaders. Number nine, show attentiveness when he is talking. This is just a respectful thing to do. Look at that lady. I like that picture. She's like, I'm listening, honey. I'm all yours. Look at your husband when he uh, talks to others. And this will inspire, ins- inspire respect. 
You know, one of the things they teach, like when we're doing a drama or something like that, what is the, or when I get up, let's, let's say we're doing the cantata and I get up to do a reading, what is everyone in the choir supposed to do? They're looking at the person who's talking or they're looking at me who's doing the reading, okay? Have you ever noticed in a choir when everyone's doing that and then someone else is up? Right? What is that communicating? Disrespect. Right? Communicating disrespect. So look at your give Give him that respect. Look at this guy. He's like, honey, would you put your phone down? Would you quit texting? You know? Oh. Hit a sensitive note there, didn't I? Okay. My wife and I were just talking about, when were we talking about that yesterday? How there were so many people, or last night, so many people are there. I mean, this, they are connected to this thing. I, I actually said to her last night, I said, I am so thankful. I'm not, I'm, I mean, this means nothing to me. I hate this thing. But I do it just to stay in contact and make, make telephone calls, you know? When I text, I just say it real quick and make sure it says the right thing. <laughs> you got to be careful because the word pastor is very close to another really bad word. <laughs> now, I remember I sent that one time and came back. But I, I, I said, I said I'm, I'm so glad I'm not hooked to this thing. I set it down. She goes, you know why that is? Because you're antisocial. <laughs> I'm telling all my family secrets tonight. But look at your husband when he's talking to you. But I tell you, this thing really gets in the way of a lot of communication now. I've heard some families actually have a... Uh, when they have a family meal, they actually have a, like a bowl in the middle of the table and everyone's got to put their phone in it so they can talk to each other. Let your husband take the lead in a conversation. If you ever notice, if you have a husband and wife standing there and someone comes up and engages, who's usually the one doing the talking? Come on, say it. No, it's, no he's not. It's almost always the wife that's taking the lead. You know, in the in the conversation. So, <clears throat> just 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 some suggestions, ladies. Okay. Be supportive. Okay. And if you can be as supportive as this lady right here, you have nailed it. You mean you want to hang on there if Joe was riding on a. Um, Melanie's got some work to do here. Let's pray for Mel. All right. A husband needs a wife that will develop inward and outward beauty. Inward and outward beauty. Inward, of course, being the most important. We're going to touch on some things here. Maybe a little sensitive. Okay. Ladies, continue to grow in your walk and your relationship with the Lord. That's what makes a woman beautiful. Amen. Just continue to grow in grace. 
Develop your prayer life. Develop your Bible reading, Bible study. Have good, godly music playing that's going to uplift you. Have a servant spirit. Be involved in church ministry. Talk about hair. Isn't it interesting the Bible deals with hair issues? Okay. The Bible says hair is a symbol of what? What's it a symbol of? Being under authority. It's a symbol of submission. The Bible said a woman's hair is her glory. A woman's hairstyle should reflect a biblical hairstyle. The Bible said a woman should have long hair. A man should have short hair. It's a shame for a man to have long hair. Right? But it's a glory for a woman to have long hair. Isn't it interesting how we've just kind of changed... I, I, I'm not a Duck Dynasty watcher. I know some of you have been. Okay, I know they all claim to be believers. But I'm going to tell you, it's a shame for those men to have that long hair. It is. It's a compromise. Men ought to look like men. Women ought to look like women. You shouldn't have to, you know, from the back wonder, is that? I'm not sure. Better get a frontal look here. Femininity, not masculinity, should be reflected. A lot of different hairstyles. I'm telling you, this is a biblical principle. Another one is neatness and not sloppiness. Another one is submission and not pride. Let it not be the braiding of the hair, the wearing of apparel. Not that gaudiness like, hey, look at me. I mean, if you're in that bathroom and you're spending hours on your hair, it'd be a prideful thing, right? Isn't there a balance here? We're not being sloppy, but we're not being extravagant and we're not being prideful like, here she comes. Softness, not hardness. Women are to be soft, not hard. But we have a culture today that, you know, this that hard look. A woman's hair should please her husband. If he doesn't like your hairstyle, change it. Number three is modest dress. Dress attractively and modestly at the same time. I believe modesty is always in style. Give me an amen. Don't have to dress like the world. Dress like a woman. A man should not wear that which pertaineth to a woman, and a woman should not wear that which pertaineth to a man. This is an abomination unto the Lord. 
dress should not draw should draw attention to your countenance and not to your body. Right. Um, I'm gonna be really honest with you. I don't know how some of these ladies get these pants on. How do you do that? Do you grease your hind end? I, I, or do you lay on the floor, you know, and just... That's not right. It's not right. I... Only a fat preacher could preach on this next one. <laughs> when, I was dealing, when I was putting this together, I said, boy, I'm glad I'm fat. Some skinny preacher preaching this, he'd be in trouble. All right? But God is concerned about our weight. Do we all believe that? And we are too. And if you're not concerned about it, that's really a problem. But we're, we're concerned. You should be concerned about your weight. Be overweighted. It's an unhealthy lifestyle. What a, what a verse. And put a knife to thy throat if thou be a man given to appetite. I don't like that verse. <laughs> but you know why I'm so fat? It's because of you guys. Don't even give me none of that. Because you know what you do in those pastor's appreciation, you bring apple pies to my house. Hmm. And then what am I supposed to do? Am I not supposed to eat it? Freeze it. Now there are physical issues that'll produce overweightness. Okay? That no matter how hard you try, you just can't. God's designed us all with different shapes. All right? So I'm not here to. <clears throat> Emotional problems can cause someone to be overweight, where they just. That's what we're talking about there. We're just talking about excessiveness, not talking about. Body size or structure. Just talking about overeating. Okay, just, just letting yourself go. Dedicate your body to God. Let your husband know that you do care about your weight. Work on achievable goals together. My wife and I are going to do this, right, honey? Try to work on some achievable goals together. You do have to accept yourself the way God designed you to be. Develop a meek and quiet spirit. What is a meek and quiet spirit? 
Meekness is submission and yielded rights. A quiet spirit is fear and worry. A lot of times we translate that as, or we uh, um, interpret that, a meek and quiet spirit is a woman who is always really quiet. She never says anything. That's not what a meek and quiet spirit is. Okay? Just that quietness is that calmness. Because I'm going to tell you something, ladies. There's nothing worse than having a wife who is always losing it. Okay? Who's always strung out. It's very, very difficult. Okay? It's okay. Shh. It's all right. God's in control. We believe that, ladies? Say amen. amen. God's in control. It's all right. Be quiet. Be settled. Be at peace. Like that beautiful lake, you know, that doesn't have white caps on it. It's just nice and calm. Don't flip out. A husband needs a wife. Mm. I'm going to go through this quickly. A husband needs a wife who will allow him the freedom to get away without being possessive. All right. Pansy goes, he can go anytime he wants. (laughs) There's a balance here. Okay, there's a a balance here. Husband needs time to be alone with the Lord. Okay, give him the time that he needs to be alone with God. Adam walked with God before Eve was created there in the cool of the garden. A man's success would be based upon how much he seeks the Lord. So give him those quiet times that he needs. The richer a man's fellowship with God, the sweeter his relationship with you will be, with his family will be. Right? The closer we are to God, the closer we'll be with each other. There's some practical truths here. Give him time to get away and do the things that he enjoys. Okay? Used to be a time when fishing was like My wife felt displaced because any free moment I had, I wanted to be out fishing. Okay? And um, when we could see that that was damaging our marriage, I stopped. And now she encourages me to go. Okay? Why are you encouraging me to go now? <laughs> I didn't think about that till right now. We'll talk about that when we get home here tonight. (laughs) But no, there's there's that time that he needs. You know, like the same thing. You know, we talked about the needs of a wife. She needs to be able to get away and do things. It's the same with a husband. Don't be so possessive of him and his time that he can't spend time with the Lord or he can't get away and do the things that he enjoys doing. I don't know what's going on here, guys. Fishing, hunting. Ew. Have at it. You guys like that stupid game? You have. 
think I told you this before. First time I went golfing, I finally got on the green. Finally. After the ball went there and went there and in the woods and the lost one in the pond. and Finally get on. It took me 15 times to get that stupid little ball in that hole. And when no one was looking, I kicked it even closer. And then the amount of money you have to pay to play that game. But anyway, you want to play golf? You go play golf. Okay? A lot of guys like different kinds of sports, you know. Let them go break his leg. <laughs> Hobbies, mission trips, work projects. I mean, we could go on and on with different things that men have interest in. They really need that outlet. Okay, men just need... They'll be a better husband if you let them go do these things. A husband needs a wife who will express gratefulness to him. This is really an important one. <clears throat> Give your expectations of God and then you don't have a lot of expectations of him. Okay? That's one thing. Gratefulness produces happiness. And an unhappy wife is a rebuke to a husband. It's like saying, my, my husband can't make me happy. Okay? Men, listen to me. The number one reason a man leaves the woman is because she's ungrateful. And he finds another woman who is grateful. And sometimes you look at the woman that he left and the woman that he then went for and you're like, do you need a pair of glasses, buddy? You left her for her? You know why it was? Because he wasn't getting the gratefulness and respect and appreciation from his wife. But this lady, boy, when he walked into the office, she showed appreciation. She did things for him. She stole his heart. All because she was being grateful. It's so important to be grateful and not to just have expectations. Well, I just expect him to do that. Learn contentment. Godliness with contentment is great gain. If you're not a contented person, no husband's going to be able to please you. Set your affections on things above. Dislodge yourself from your affection of earthly things. List all the things your husband does. My, my wife did this. There was a time when she was upset with me. I, I don't even know what it was about. What? I know. What were, you upset, what were you upset with me about? I don't know either. <clears throat> but she didn't like me for some reason. She loved me. She didn't like me. But you know what she did? Tell them what you did, honey. Okay. She, for those who are live streaming and didn't catch that, she made a list of all the good qualities, of all the good character qualities, all the things that I did do for her. Because, you know, she had to just adjust her focus. Because it's so easy. Listen, this Sunday, for whatever reason, do you know it's been over two years since I've preached on bitterness? 
It's probably something we need to preach on every month. But I'm gonna, I, I really believe the Lord's going to have us deal with that whole bitterness issue again this Sunday. Okay? Because it is so, that's probably the easiest trap to fall into is that sin of bitterness. So make that list. <clears throat> list the character quality. List the good decisions that he's made. How your husband has blessed your life and how grateful you are for him. You focus on that. Whatsoever things are good. Whatsoever things are what? Lovely. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Let him know it. It'll go a long ways in your relationship. A husband needs a wife who will be respected by others, respected for her values, her morals, her discretion, respected for her wisdom, for her meek and quiet spirit, respected by her children, respected by her family. It means a lot to a man when he knows his wife is respected by others because he feels, you know, we're one, we're one flesh, right? He feels that same respect coming back to him. Respected for her character, for her servant spirit, for her diligence, thriftiness, kindness, for her generosity, hospitality, faithfulness, for her patience, for her love for her husband, and for her love for her children, and for her love for others, and for her love for the Lord. Did you get all that? We all have a long ways to go, don't we? Not just for you ladies. But you know something? God's also spoken to my heart tonight. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.